Adam, are you ready to call this meeting to order? I was born ready, baby. Let's call it to order. All right, so Adam, last week we went down our top contributors list. Today, let's recognize some others. Perfect. In no particular order, I'd like to recognize Derek Graziano of Rolling Misadventures podcast. If you haven't checked that out, you should. He also hosted our uh, elimination poll for video games. Thank you, Derek, for doing that. Vlado from It's Not Rocket Science and Adam, the Podfix Network. What? That's right. It's growing. Roxanne Knowles, who we recently celebrated her 40th birthday on the show. We went down on location to Austin, Texas. So that's out on the feed right now if you'd like to listen. Kelsey and Tori, Clay Groves, my former college roommate, Brad Cranford, uh, Phil Rude, Mike Cohen, Hannah Oshier, uh, my childhood friend, Les York, who at one time thought I was dead, huh. Tom from Jake and Tom and Cobra Kai Companion, and Wes Younger of Via VHS and the Podfix Network. Dude, what a, what a great group of people you just listed. Right? And of course, there's many others, so... Um, this list of regular contributors is really too long to list everybody, but you know, each week we want to shout out as many people as possible. Yeah. hundred percent. Thank you for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So something occurred to me, Adam, and that is we've got three guys in particular, there might be others, but we've got three guys in particular that seem like they say yes to eating certain foods when every single other person would never even touch the stuff. Right. And so it occurred to me that we have what I'm now dubbing the Eat Anything Boys. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so the hashtag is hashtag GBIEAB. And the inaugural members of the Eat Anything Boys, no surprise, Paul, Luke, and Shampoo. Yeah, exactly who you'd expect. That's right. I don't know if anybody else is brave enough to, enjo- uh, to uh, join them, but... From here forth, those are the Eat Anything Boys. I like it. Adam, let's get into some polls. Love polls, fire polls, telephone polls, all kinds of polls. <laughs> all kinds of polls. So, of course, no surprise, we're going to kick things off with the official cookie of the GBI Elimination Poll, sponsored by Elimination Paul. <laughs> and we're in the middle of this. It's a bloodbath as usual. Final results <laughs> will be revealed at our next meeting. Now we're going to get into a series of polls that I initiated, and these uh-huh. are all related to personal hygiene, Adam. Interesting. First, a question that I was told, I didn't witness this when it happened, but I was told that this question blew up the internet. Ha. And that is, do you wash your legs in the it shower? It is an incendiary question. I, well, I, I wouldn't have thought so, but it was. So I thought since the rest of the internet went so crazy over it that we should take it to our own group. Sure. Adam, do you wash your legs in the shower? I do. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I do not. And so here are the results. 79% Adam agreed with you. They wash their legs in the shower. I don't judge anyone who doesn't wash their legs. (laughs) Well, 
It's been a long time since I've taken this bad of a beating in a poll, but only 21% of people agreed with me. Yeah, it's like the peeing in the shower, man. Yeah, well, I, I have not peed in the shower. Yeah, nobody believes you. I know. Nothing I can do about it at this point. All right, our next poll, do you floss? And the options were yes, occasionally, rarely, or no. Now, I floss every single day. And 43% of people agreed with me. 34% floss occasionally. 23% floss rarely. And you were among that 23%. And then 0% of the people in our group, or at least that participate in the poll, 0% do not floss. So everybody that, that responded to the poll flosses. Let me go ahead and uh, say right now, I think that's a complete lie. I do too. There's no way uh, that... There's no way. There's no way that 43% of people in our group floss. Are you serious? Like, it, yeah. Seriously. There, there's just no way. So I think that people floss religiously about a week before they go to the dentist. <laughs> and that's generally it. Now, there are exceptions. I don't think that many people floss. I floss every day. As I said, there are exceptions. <laughs> um, all right. Well... I asked another uh, hygiene, uh, what would you say? I would say hygiene routine question. And that was, what time of the day do you shower? And this was simple. It was either morning, evening, or both. Mm -hmm. Adam, do you remember how you responded? I'm a both. That's right. And with a narrow margin of victory, 39% of respondents shower both in the morning and the evening. I shower in the morning. That was 37%. And then in last place... 24% 24% of respondents shower in the evening only. I think a different question that might have gotten different results was, when do you prefer to shower? Oh, interesting. But that being said, the question is, when do you? So that's that's a different that's a different result. So when, when do you think, how do you think it would have changed? I think that it would only change slightly, but I think that probably more people would shower in the morning. Mm, yeah, I could see that. But I enjoy a good nighttime shower. I do too. I just don't have time always to do that. Yeah. All right. Next was a poll, a poll that Paul posted. <laughs> nice. No surprise. King of the internet and the elimination poll. And that he asked, do you put salt on watermelon? No. Hell no. Yeah. I have the same answer. You and I answered the same. And so did 59% of respondents. 45 said Yes. And 7% said I'd rather starve, which basically is no, which means that 66% of respondents said no, they do not put salt on watermelon. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people that do. I mean, in the South when I lived there, like a lot of people did, but I just, I could not see the, the, the charm of that. Now, I haven't tried it as an adult, and I know a lot of things change, but... That's true. I just, I, it doesn't, that, that blend doesn't make sense. Taste buds wise. The next poll was posted by Jim Weir, and he asked, who is the best guitarist? Now, this is an age-old question, and I wasn't that surprised by the results, um, because kind of the same two or three people usually get you know, yeah. voted or suggested as the greatest guitarist of all time. So the results were a little bit predictable. Jimi Hendrix won by one vote over Stevie Ray Vaughan and Eric Clapton, which I think is 
what you typically see when this question is raised. That's exactly how I feel about Monty Python. People say Hendrix because they feel like they're supposed to. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would say Jimi... I, I, he was groundbreaking. He was an amazing musician. I don't know if he was the, the greatest guitarist of all time. I, I mean, it, it, I don't think he's better than Steve Ray Vaughan. Well, I don't think he's better than Eric Clapton either. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe he is. But the, the point is that those three guys usually get mentioned near the top in some particular order. I was surprised that Prince came in fourth. What surprises you about that? I, I've never... I, I know that he's he was extremely talented. I, I've never thought of him as one of... as a top five greatest guitarist of all time. He was amazing. I wonder, like, who was it that said... They said, um... I think I somebody remember. asked Eric Clapton, it's like, hey, how does it feel to be the greatest guitarist in the world? He said, I don't know. Ask Prince. See, I thought... I thought... I don't. I guess I never heard that quote. Or, or I, I heard. I've heard Eric Clapton give recognition to Stevie, but I guess I missed. I missed any quote about Prince in the past. That's okay. Yeah, no, I, I. I don't think there was a better guitar player than than Stevie Ray Vaughan. There's a clip of him that I love so much where he's playing his guitar. He solos while he's soloing. His string breaks. He finishes the solo, goes into the next verse unstraps his guitar hands it to the roadie gets the other guitar puts it on and continues playing like without stopping i i think i've seen that and i think that was done at austin city limits one of his one of his oh, acl what a, performances what a great what a great moment in like music history yeah and that totally boss yeah well in any case after the top four then there was a 13-way tie for fifth i'm not gonna read this <laughs> i'm serious i'm serious that's awesome now, this is shocking, and I, f- I find it a little insulting. Somehow, Jimmy Page got zero votes. Yeah. Seriously? Jimmy Page? Yeah, yeah not, he's great, but... Not a single vote. <laughs> That's pretty <Okay>. funny. <laughs> well, neither did Lindsey Buckingham, Pete Townsend, or Jeff Beck, which is also kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think those are the greatest. But to not get any votes? I, th- I think Lindsey Buckingham might be one of the most underrated guitarists ever. Well, I don't remember if it was a multiple vote thing, but like it was, it, it was a multiple yes, vote thing, right? So I mean, like, but that just goes to show that, like, you know, they're amazing, but not the greatest. Yeah. All right, I accept that. All right. So Flato posted an article, and he thought a, po- a poll was in order, and I agreed. And that was, what is the world's sexiest accent? And. There's a little bit of surprise here. So English, Australian, and Irish all tied for first. Yeah. And Scottish came in second. Now, I I really like hearing an Irish and Scottish accent. I don't know that I've ever considered it to be sexy. Well, I think that the Irish more because it's more... I think the Irish is more sing-songy. So you kind of have that, you know, that kind of sway into it. The legato more than the harsh staccato or harsher staccato of Scottish. Yeah. Well, I mean, Scottish came in second, but that was followed closely by Canadian, Kiwi, and French. Canadian. Now, right. Now, I, I would agree with French. I've always thought that a French accent was, was very sexy. Italian and Southern U.S. accent also got a few votes, and I agree with both of those. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like Southern more than I like French. Ooh, I like French. I think it's but a like accent. true, but true Southern drawl, not just like hillbilly. That's true. 
<laughs> no, redneck and hillbilly is a. I think that's a different type of accent. And that's right. Yeah, not a southern drawl. I think if anybody, you and I understand that because we've been exposed to those. Okay, the next poll is something that you've made reference to a couple of times, Adam. It was done by Krista Voss of Podcast Forty Two, mm-hmm. and that is a poll poll. <laughs> Exactly. Now, the 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 meta suggestion of a poll poll has come up a couple of times before in the group, but no one. I think Jim. I I remember Jim specifically suggesting a poll poll, but he never actually you know put one on. Right. And so here we are. Here's here's our first poll about polls. So, Festivus poll, poll cat, and tent poll were in the top five, but in the end, and I'm a little disappointed, honestly, in our group. Stripper pole was the clear winner. <laughs> what do you mean disappointed in our group? It's exactly what I expect from our group. Yeah, I suppose so. You voted for North Pole. Yeah, because Christmas, obviously. Obviously. I was not surprised. That was tied with four others for fifth place. And several other worthy polls got single votes and were tied for last. And somebody, I don't know if it was Carrie Dykes or... Somebody else kind of in our science contingency suggested South Pole. Hmm. So here's a fun fact that I didn't know. Ooh. But I have a friend that is a stripper, and the stripper <laughs> pole twists. Huh. Yeah. So when you see him like spinning around and stuff like that, like a real stripper pole, it spins. The, the pole is turning. The pole is turning. I agree. That was a fun fact. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Who knew? <laughs> uh, strippers Strippers knew, right Strippers right. knew, Adam, actually Yeah, they knew before I did Okay, so I put on another poll And that was What is the best month of the year? Would you like to Do you remember or would you like to guess Which month won in a landslide For best month of the year? You know, I don't actually know which month won uh, I voted for December because Christmas <laughs> Of course <laughs> So take a guess as to that it was not December. September. Close. It was October. Hmm. I don't have the number, but October won in a landslide. December and April tied for second. That makes sense. And September came in third. March rounded out the the top five. January, June, July, and November tied for last. Yeah. Now... This thread got a ton of comments, and we don't have time to go through them. However, you can search best month if you'd like to read them. And actually, all of these polls you know, usually get a lot of comments and additional votes. So just find a keyword in the name of the poll, and you can find and read everyone's discussion about it. Yeah. Adam, how about we introduce everyone to another job opportunity? Oh, these are the best. Hush Hush, a London-based online luxury store and concierge service, is seeking... A yacht tester to make sure the yachts listed on the e-commerce site are up to snuff. I'll do it. The perks, you ask? Living on a yacht, of course. The work? Testing and evaluating everything on board. Every plug socket, door, bed, shower, and tap. Every, everything to make sure that the yacht is up to our standards. Here are the criteria to be a candidate. Candidates must have a passport be over 21 years old, and be available on short notice. No yachting experience is required, although knowing your way around yachts is a plus. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'm in for that. Here's a little bit more. 
Candidates should be hardworking. Up, oh, you're out. Reliable and detail oriented with a strong with strong writing skills. Adam, would you like to guess how much a yacht tester pays? Um, ten dollars an hour. Each yacht review pays thirteen hundred dollars, and the right candidate could review up to uh, fifty yachts per year. The listing says so. That's potentially sixty-five thousand dollars a year to be a yacht tester. I feel like that's a good way to make sixty-five grand. Yeah, no kidding. So there you go. That's that's added to our growing list of job opportunities. Once again, we hate to lose anybody from our team. However, we don't want to hold any back anybody back from a great opportunity, especially not one such as a good cross running activity like that. That's right. That is right. Adam, I'm pleased once again to bring you some additional facility upgrades. All right. The first one, Adam, was brought by you, actually. Aha. Uh-huh. Shea Garden Organic Soaps. Yes. Adam, you made this comment. I've, I have been recently more and more interested in more natural and organic, proper organic, not fat organic, and I've acquired these soaps. Did you want to elaborate at all about Shea Garden Organic Soaps? Yeah, the Shea Garden Handmade Organic Soaps um, was developed from a contestant on the show that I edited, and they're fantastic. I've had them on my desk for a while. They just are, they're totally uh, floral and fragrant. And yeah, man, not just like selling a narrative organic, like, oh, this was, you know, good, good but like real organic, natural ingredients. This It's really great. The guy makes fantastic soaps. They're available on Etsy. Uh, I actually have some right here. This is the Man Bar. So uh, it's it's really great. So I really much enjoy it. Now it goes again. It's it's the exception I'll make to the uh, soap, the bar soap versus you know lather option. But in this case, I'll use both. And so when I run out of that, I'll go back to body wash. Yeah, because you gave me quite a hard time about about using bar soap. I gave you a hard time about using only bar soap. <laughs> All right. Well, check out uh, Shea Garden Organic Soaps. Now we will have these in our restrooms and in the GBI spa on campus. Correct. All right. The next item, avocado pillows. These were brought to us by Keith. Now they only cost, they only cost $7 each. So they were a great value. You can find them all over campus. Keith commented. Now, if we can just get some plush toast, Adam Saunders will be set. But in the absence of that, they'll go well with our tortilla blankets that we've recently acquired. He's right, though. I would love a toast pillow. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah, for real. Our next item, also brought by Keith, and this is one that you and I were instantly a big fan of, and that is the therapy sword. Yes, the therapy sword is awesome. Here's some brief information. Introducing therapy sword. Why spend hundreds of dollars on a therapist when you can just swing a cool sword around for a while? <laughs> I mean, is there a more true statement that you can think of? There is not. So don't wait. Buy Therapy Sword today. And actually, you can head down to HR and pick up your Therapy Sword, and you can use that in the North Quad. We've designated the North Quad on Wednesday afternoons for the use of Therapy Swords. Yeah, that and that will should not interfere with the uh, Mask Club. No, the Mask Phantom Club or our Twirling Club. Right. Uh, our last one also brought to us by Keith, and that is a roller coaster. So we've ordered and built and constructed on campus a real roller coaster um this says in your own backyard but we don't have a backyard we have a giant elaborate campus now surprisingly this also is a true value is only 12.95 
Yeah, huge, huge savings. Yeah, an extra 12-foot track uh, for longer ride can be added for six forty-nine, and we've, uh, we're already looking into finding some additional dollars for that. Yep. It's going to be great. The deadline for our summer team-building retreat is coming up. The main event will be what we're calling throw-torching. And Adam, you posted a helpful video for people that want more details. Just search hashtag throw-torching to get more information. I, that was such a great demonstration of the activity. It really was. I think when everybody saw the video, there was complete buy-in. Yeah, everybody's in. Yep. So I posed the question, if there was a bar down the street from the GBI where we could gather after work to say things we couldn't say at the office, what would that bar be called? And Clay just started working as a bartender, and he had my favorite suggestion, and that was Gravity Bar. Yeah. Brisky had the same suggestion, and you can search hashtag bar to see everyone else's name ideas. There was a really great uh, entire list of ideas. I just thought Gravity Bar was... When, as soon as he posted it, I thought, oh, that's obvious, and, and that was the best idea. I think we got to call it the library. <laughs> well, we have a library. Uh, it's overrun by burritos, I think, still. Yeah. And you know what they're going to serve it there? They're going to serve the Hallmark at the Gravity Bar. Ah, that's right. That's right. We've, re- we've recently recently named and declared the Hallmark. The, uh, I, you know, we might as well just say that that's the official drink of the Gravity Beard interns. No. We said um, we had another one that was the official drink. Oh, did we? Yeah, it was the... Uh, yeah, actually, I made it up. It was the the Gravity Beard. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. It was Grand Marnier and... Uh, and um, uh, Lipton sweet uh, uh, Lipton's iced tea. Oh, okay, terrific. It's right. really, really good. But the hallmark, though, yeah, I mean, all all, all of that sounds delicious. So, th- th- really, the good news is, is now we have a, a neighborhood bar down the street from our campus called called the Gravity Bar. Can we can we tell the listeners what the hallmark is? Yeah, why not? It's red wine, diet coke, and ice. Yeah, so we got tremendous pushback on that from Jim Weir. <laughs> <laughs> Did we? Yeah, I, underst- I understand because Jim's Jim's old school to say the least. That's true. But I've test I've tasted the Hallmark and it's delicious, dude. I want to try the Hallmark. I-, I I can't wait for this juice to be done so I can try it. And you know where my first day off this juice is going to be? Where? In Milan, Italy. Shut up. Yep. So like the day we finish, I fly out. I'm going to try the Hallmark in Italy. <laughs> Josh Hallmark, me and you, buddy. I'm going to try this. Do, do they put ice in their drinks in Milan? I have never been. I don't know that they do. That's okay. There's only three ingredients of the Hallmark, and that's one of them. And I'm, I'm right. afraid you may have some difficulty with that. Dude, I'll try it. I'll try it neat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think the first time you try the Hallmark, you should try it exactly the way Josh suggests it. That's a fair point. I can make that happen, though. I'm sure my hotel will accommodate that. Yeah, which I believe is... Um, it was red wine, but slightly more Diet Coke than red wine on ice. No, I think it's the other way around. Slightly more red wine. Are you sure? I'll double check. Okay. Either way, I think the first time you try it, you should make sure it's it's exactly it, as, as the creator suggests. And, of course, I'm going to live stream that into the group. Oh, please. Yeah, like Don't, those fiddleheads that I I live streamed. Yes, yes. Thank you for doing that. Those were delicious. Okay, how about some sele- selections from the intern library, Adam? Oh, I love books. 
So Keith has three educational titles for us. Your Changing Body, How to Exit Your Body for Beginners, and Let's Find a Cure for Stupid People. Yeah, I think Luke had that book checked out last. Uh, he's brought it back, and, and I've, oh, I've checked okay. it out myself, but I'll, I'll be bringing it back in just a couple of days. It's a very easy read. <laughs> Perfect. Now, Chris DeVos had a suggestion, and that was Get Thee Back to Thy Future by Ian Dosher. And that is a Shakespearean take on the classic 80s film, uh, Back to the Future. Ooh. And then Keith had one more, and that was How to Pretend to be Normal, which I think is required reading for all Gravity Beard interns. Yeah, that's onboarding material. Yep, it absolutely is. And as always, look out for Luke at the book and the bookmobile. It should be coming through your neighborhood very soon. But wait, Adam, there's more. <laughs> the library is once again expanding its services. Keith just announced, in addition to the bookmobile... We've installed a number of vending machines around campus that dispense random books for $2 each. That's a pretty good deal. Well, I think under most circumstances, that would be pretty risky because you don't know what book you're going to get. But I think we've demonstrated a history with the library that all of our selections are very good reads. We have pretty good rapport. And, you know, to co- to go back, whenever you said watch out for Luke and the bookmobile, literally watch out for Luke and the bookmobile. He might hit you with the mobile. Yeah. You know, I, I, I never really intended it that way, but I think that's a good way to to take that information. Yeah, it's a cautionary tale as well as a functional advice. It absolutely is. Okay, so Keith asked this question, which I thought was interesting. If the GBI had its own currency, who would be on the bills? Oh, cool. This sounds awesome. And there was a lot of conversation about it in the thread, as usual. But here's how it ultimately shook out. So I would be on the $1 bill... You would be on the $5 bill. Uh, Jim would be on the $10 bill. Tiff is on the 20 Luke is on the 50 And then Keith, because he's our MVP, is on the 100 Now, Paul, by his own request, wanted to be on the $2 bill, so we granted right. that. And then Clay Groves, who was our first Patreon supporter, he has to be on the silver, silver dollar. Dunsky. So there you go. And Keith had another good suggestion. So our, our show, he suggested that our show slogan, <laughs> that's not easy to say. Yeah. Keith, Keith suggested that our show slogan, serious conversations about the dumbest things ever, is on our currency instead of in God we trust. I'm down with that. And I think we should call them Beards Marks. Hold on to that thought, actually. All right. So Phil Rude, he commented and said, all I want is for the GB cryptocurrency that replaces all this worthless paper to be, to be named after me. <laughs> so we granted that. So the GB, the gravity beer cryptocurrency is now called the rude. <laughs> That's amazing. Saul Grinberg, he said perhaps a Russian coin that has no value per se, but if you somehow find yourself possessing one, it means Russian bear owes you a favor and you can use it for leverage like the, uh, like the Bravosi coin in game of Thrones. That's more valuable than any of the currency we've discussed previously. It is. It is. So I, he didn't suggest a name, but um, but yeah, there's there's a handful of coins floating around that if you possess one, then Russian Bear owes, owes you a favor. That's a, that's a big coin to have, man. And so as you just referenced, I asked a follow-up question, which is, well, what would this currency be called? You suggested Beard Marks. Uh, I suggested Beard Coin. Luke suggested Newt's. 
Shampoo suggested gravies. Chris Birkenbein, a member of our science committee on sciencing, suggested gravitons, which I thought we were getting pretty close with that. And then Vlado suggested gravitas. Right. Which I like the gravitas. Yeah, I think that's the best name for it. So there you go. So our, our official our official currency is called gravitas. But we didn't figure out was it is it give me one gravitas and five gravitas or is it a singular and plural? So give me one gravitas or five gravitas. I don't know. What do you think? Probably make the one make it singular and plural. Yeah, I think it's I think we'll go with that. Okay, but so there's one no sub denomination, right? We don't have any coins. Uh, we don't need coins. I agree with that. Yeah, we're gonna go coinless. We're gonna round everything to the nearest the nearest gravita. <laughs> and again, like like we've said before, there was a huge conversation about this, and you can search hashtag currency uh, if you want to read through that conversation in comments. It's a, it's a good one. It is. So following up on that, in that conversation thread, Vlado suggested establishing a GBI stock exchange based on the top contributors list. And he wanted to call it the Higgs Bison. Higgs Bison or Higgs Boson? I thought it was Higgs Bison. But either way, Chris Birkenbein jumped on this immediately and supported the idea. And then, in his typical style, he did a full detailed post on how this whole system could be organized. In the end, I think it was just a little too much for the group to digest, so it didn't really get off the ground. But... I really appreciate him doing it. I really love the idea. I, I wish it would have because I think that would have been fun. Well, I think that it's more. I think that it's more tabled than off the table. I think we're just gonna have to figure out a way to implement that. Kind of like the Gravity Beard Real World, right? We have a lot of ideas that um, we just don't have time to get to, but we're gonna make every effort. <laughs> every effort. Well, that one actually had a lot of effort put into it. We almost got to it. I encourage everyone to go back and search hashtag intern exchange to read his, to read Chris's post on it because it really is pretty brilliant. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time before we do it. Yeah, if, if, if everybody uh, had time to embrace it, it would be super fun and very cool. All right, Adam, we debuted this segment on our last episode. It's Ion Health. Hmm. Back in March, I don't know if you saw this. I don't think I did. There was a video of an airplane passenger licking a toilet that set Twitter on, file, on fire. Ew. People on social media voiced their disgust after watching the short clip. They captioned the video, I've licked a lot of toilets in my day, but this was the first that made my tongue go numb. See, that shouldn't be a statistic that you know. <laughs> the video had been shared more than 7,400 times and seen by millions with most viewers expressing, I always like this word, incredulity and disgust. Yes, incredulity is one of my favorite words. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a trained medical professional, but I don't recommend anyone lick a toilet. I'm sure that was on passenger shaming sites. Yeah, maybe. Here's our next story. A similar story came up in a previous episode when we got a warning that you should stop kissing your hedgehog, Adam. Yeah. Have you heard of the Couscous Challenge? No. This was launched on the Castle app, and it urges users in Switzerland, Austria, and other German-speaking countries to kiss cows, with or without tongue, to raise money for charity. 
That seems the most ridiculous way to raise money for charity ever. Well, I guess my question is, is how does it raise money for charity? Well, probably in the same way. It's like, if you give me a dollar, I'll walk a mile. (laughs) Well, this caught the attention of Austrian officials who responded by saying, I like this quote, pastures are not petting zoos and getting intimate with cows can have serious consequences. Yeah, tragic consequences. Yeah, you're right. Apparently, cows trampled a female German tourist to death while hiking with her dog in the Alps in western Austria in 2014. (laughs) I know I shouldn't laugh at that, but that sounds funny. (laughs) Well, it was immediately clear exactly how the stunt or the castle app raises money for charity. Oh, here's my answer. Uh, Castle touts itself on Google Play as a tool of the first true challenge community. Its app promotion urges, let yourself be challenged and challenge others. We do crazy things for a good cause. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a great idea to me. (laughs) Yeah, not to me either. Adam, how about we turn our eyes to science? Call the committee. All right, our first story comes from Leslie. A plant robot chases sunlight and stomps when it needs water. Is this a product that, that you're interested in? Hey, can you read that again? A plant robot chases sunlight and stomps when it needs water. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. Leslie responded to her own post with a single word, creepy. Yeah, good assessment. Yeah, I think I agree. This next story really fascinated me. And I got it out of the Podcast 42 discussion group. That's the Facebook group for Chris DeVos's podcast, Podcast 42. Right. Another terrific group. If you're not in there, then join. A man in Taiwan reportedly fell asleep while wearing... Okay, so you don't have an... App. Do you have an iPhone? Yeah. Okay. Have, have, you, have you worn or tried out AirPods yet? No, but I've wanted to. Okay. So... If you liked them before, I think you're really going to like them now. Have you heard this story? No. A man in Taiwan reportedly fell asleep while wearing Apple's wireless earbuds and found that he was missing one headphone when he, w- when he woke up. Huh. Darn it. Would you like to guess where he found it? Um, in the bathroom. I checked under my blanket and looked around but couldn't find it. Then I realized the sound was coming from my stomach. He swallowed his air pod. He did. Medics at... Oh, I can't read the name of the hospital. But medics at the hospital indeed confirmed that the air pod was in his stomach and was in the process of passing through his digestive system. That's insane. He said he found the air pod the next day after passing it naturally. The earbud was still intact and worked properly. In fact, the battery was still at 41%. Wow. That part seems a little inaccurate. (laughs) How about that? Yeah, how about that indeed? Okay, Adam, why don't we take a quick break and hear from one of our new promotional partners? Perfect. More Platinum Level content? Right after this. This week's episode is brought to you by Squatlers, the squirrel butlers with panache. Straight from the science labs at MacGuffin Industries, squatlers are squirrel butlers that will take care of your every need. 
Need someone to answer the door? Squatlers. Need somebody to make you drinks in the middle of the night because your wife left you because you're a rich narcissist who traded their kids in for squatlers? Squatlers. Need somebody to bathe you? What's the squirrel <laughs> doing here? Maybe maybe don't ask the squatler to do that. I'm, I think there's some laws against that. But otherwise, squatlers are the answer. Go to squatlers.com and enter the discount code SQUIRRELBABIES to receive 15% off your first order of squatlers. Remember, squatlers only live up to six years, so ship back the body when he's done. We'll send you a new squatler in your choice of three colors, brown, black, or gray. Squatlers, the squirrels you can count on. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you know, we like that idea so much that we ordered a whole whole uh, batch of them for the GBI campus. God bless the squatlers. Yeah, so nobody panic if you see squatlers running around campus doing various activities and in support of everyone, then um, just let them do their jobs. Yeah, and they're helpful. So maybe try one out. For more information about squatlers, feel free to check out Weird With You. It's another terrific podcast from the Podfix Network. It can be found everywhere you listen to podcasts. Hell yeah, bro. Adam, I have a story from the food department. I love food. What would you say if I suggested that pizza is healthier than breakfast cereal? I would believe you and encourage that. Well, this story is brought to us by Andrea Blucas. And that's not to say it's a healthy choice for breakfast, but because pizza is high in fats and carbohydrates. But it's also surprisingly high in protein. I think my response to that note in the story is I'm not surprised because pizza has cheese and meat on it, which is high in protein. Right. As opposed to like sugar and wheat. (laughs) Right. So that's not a surprising note in my opinion. Yeah, not at all. However, protein heavy, and this is why it's more healthy than cereal, protein heavy meals keep you feeling full longer and therefore less susceptible to mid-morning sugar crashes. Interesting. Yep. Adam, how about a couple of stories from travel? I mean, I love travel. (laughs) You do love travel. It's wonderful. Would you be interested in the Taco Bell Hotel? Yes, of course. So Keith brings us this story. This is a temporary pop-up hotel in Palm Springs, California. Taco Bell says the hotel experience will be inspired by tacos and fueled by fans from check-in to check-out. The hotel is called The Bell and will open its door for a limited time beginning August 9th. Make your reservations now. Sounds pretty neat. So if you're impressed by the Taco Bell Hotel, you'll be suggest- <laughs> you'll be even more impressed by this other story that Keith brought us. How about the Luxury Space Hotel? Yes, Luxury Space. <laughs> if I'm going to go into space, it's only going to be if, if it's luxurious. Exactly. I don't want to go in there and rough it. No. So, this is right up your alley. The Galaxy's first luxury space hotel is now accepting reservations. An ambitious tech startup company called Orion Span wants to make it possible with a luxury hotel dubbed the Aurora Station. Up to six guests at a time will get to live out astronaut fantasies in four-star style. Here are some details. Guests will be orbiting in the hotel at... 200 miles above the surface experiencing zero gravity the entire time. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You could take home food grown on site as a souvenir. There'll be a virtual reality experience called the Holodeck, named after Star Trek. 
Stay in touch with their loved ones back home via high-speed wireless internet access. That seems weird. How do you do that? Finally, when the guests return home to Earth, they're treated to a hero's welcome. I have a fun fact to share with you about this, and when I read this the first time, I found this a little hard to believe. It claims that the hotel will complete an orbit of Earth every 90 minutes. That's fast. How does that thing go around the Earth every one and a half hours? How is that possible? I I, I don't think it does. Okay, well, at that pace, it claims that travelers will see 16 sunrises every 24 hours. That's cool. Yeah. So, Adam, guess how much it costs for a 12-day stay for six guests? Um, a million. A 12-day stay for six guests. The deposit is 800000 and the total trip for 12 guests for... Uh, I'm sorry, for six guests for 12 days is $9.5 million. Sorry, I was thinking about a million per person. Yeah, so that's $132,000 per person per day. Right. Wow. Well, reserve your spot today. Uh, the Aurora Station opens in 2022. I mean, that's pretty cool. Now, I wonder how they're going to get the people to rally for the hero's welcome every time they come back. I don't know. That's you know? a great question. Yeah. It's like, all right, we need, we need, we need the rally team out there. <laughs> I don't know. For $9.5 I suppose they'll figure something out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, how about we take a look at the sports page, Adam? I love the sports page. So early in the offseason, the Dallas Cowboys signed a tight end named Cody McElroy. And I'd like to share with you the unique path he got to where he is today. Okay. So he started out playing high school baseball and basketball. Then he played junior college baseball. Then he played baseball at the University of Texas. Then he was drafted by the Atlanta Braves. He did not go to the Braves. Instead, he went to play basketball at Oklahoma State. Then he went to southeastern Oklahoma to play football. And then he was signed by the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. How about that? That's quite the journey. Yeah, no kidding. All right, Adam. Now I have a special treat for you. Like I've done before, I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to play the audio. Come on, Peter DeVilvis. <laughs> this is an unbelievable story, but it is true. A New Hampshire man says his trip to the carnival was a horror show that left him out $2,600. As New Hampshire Bureau Chief Michael Rosenfield shows us, the man says he was conned at a carnival by a carnival game. Henry Gribbom says he lost his life savings, $2,600, on a carnival game like this one. And all he has to show for it is this stuffed banana with dreadlocks. You're expecting to win a few things and, you know, let the kids have a good time. Um, it just didn't turn out that way. Gribbom says he attended a Manchester carnival run by Fiesta shows and wanted to win an Xbox Connect at a game called Tubs of Fun, where contestants toss balls into a tub. When he practiced, he says it was easy, but something changed when he started playing for the prize and the balls kept popping out. It's not possible that it wasn't rigged. Gribbom says he kept trying to win back his money by going double or nothing. He dropped $300 in just a few minutes. 
then says he went home to get $2,300 more and soon lost all that as well. I know it's a difficult game. I mean, I've tried it myself. I've done it once, missed probably 20 times. Fiesta Show says the game is run by an independent contractor who's worked for Fiesta for years. It's interviewing the contractor to see what happened. Are there any scams at all with any of the games? Not that I'm aware of. We've had a lot of these game operators with us for years. The traveling carnival is now setting up here in Derry, New Hampshire, but you will not see tubs of fun. Fiesta says the independent contractor that runs the game is not allowed to set up while an investigation is taking place. Because you get caught up in the whole double or nothing, I've got to win my money back. Henry says he went back the next day to complain, and the man running the game gave him back $600. Henry split with the banana and the cash and filed a report with Manchester PD. For once in my life, I happen to become that sucker. In Derry, New Hampshire, Michael Rosenfield, WBZ News. Well, you got to admit it, he has a certain amount of persistence. That's right. And, you know, we'll see and where this goes. And a banana with dreadlocks. You know, wasn't <laughs> How a totally many waste people of have event. that? <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, we're truly sorry. How about that story? I like how he used the uh, split analogy. He got his money and split. <laughs> Super clever. <laughs> Do you think it's the first time that guy's ever been taken? No, definitely not. And, you know, listen, not everybody has a ton of money saved up. But one of the notes in the story was that he went home to get $2,300. But earlier in the story, it said his life savings was $2,600. So he was keeping his entire life savings in cash at his house. Right. Unless he spent his life savings, but then had, like, cleaned out the $2,300 out of his checking account. So it wasn't really a savings account. It says he went home. Uh, that's fair. It says he it went home to, say he didn't to go to the ATM or the bank. Right. right. It says he went home to get his, the other twenty three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. And they refunded six hundred dollars, keeping two thousand dollars of his money, which obviously indicates some level of guilt. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> now this audio was taken from a YouTube video, so I recommend that you look it up. I think it's under um, Carnival Fraud. <laughs> but it, but it's a guy that kind of looks like Vin Diesel, but not in very good shape. And he's pushing like some sort of cart down the street with a giant banana with dreadlocks. Yeah, I'm going to look this up. Absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah. this is awesome. So when I came across that, I was very eager to share, <laughs> share that story with our audience. Hey, man, when you want the banana, you need the banana. That's right. Tubs of fun is the only way you yeah, get tubs there. Tubs of fun. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> All right. Well, if you remember in our last episode, Adam, we debuted a new segment called Florida Man. Florida Man. Well, I'm back this week with our second installment of Florida Man. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I'm back this week with Texas Man installment. <laughs> no, no, no. Florida Man is a feature that's here to stay. And here's installment number two. Damn it. <laughs> Hey, this Florida man again. Yeah, this is how it sounds. Calling from jail again. This oh, no. time they got mad because I was riding a motorized scooter about Walmart and drinking beer. When the employee came up, I misunderstood her. I thought she was asking her if, she, if she could see my pocket knife, so I showed it to her. Well, apparently that wasn't what she was asking. She's <laughs> asking why I was riding around drinking the store beer. Right. Well, needless to say, the cops didn't think it was funny. So I got popped for attempted robbery with a deadly weapon. 
<laughs> but they don't have a case, though, because I hadn't even left the store yet. <laughs> but they did find a lipstick and eyeliner and more beer that I had in my cargo shorts and I was planning on stealing. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> anyway, send me some money for some Hostess snowballs. Those pillowy pink treats are like crack for me, at least when I'm in jail and I can't actually buy crack. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, Florida man, I don't know who you are, but you're my new favorite. Yeah, Florida man uh, is basically the representation of all of Florida. <laughs> all of Florida. I don't know how long this is going to go, but I hope we keep hearing from Florida man forever. I 100% agree. This is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, keep it coming, Florida man. All right, Adam, I think this is a good time to turn towards entertainment. Yes. Our first headline comes from Chris DeVos, our entertain turn. Apparently at the LA Museum, they've opened up a new exhibit that I think you might be interested in. It's an exhibit of dystopian vehicles from popular films. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, I thought so, too. Uh, So I just want to touch on that one quickly before moving on to our next story with this headline. And by the way, Adam, this story came from our friend Greg. Oh. And the headline says, Ice-T almost shot Amazon delivery driver. Ha! That's awesome. The 61-year-old star said he almost shot an Amazon courier who was delivering a package at his place on Monday because the individual wasn't wearing a uniform. Shortly after, the the rapper actor took to Twitter to explain the incident and offer some advice. This is his tweet. Message to Amazon, Now that you have regular people making your home deliveries, maybe they should wear a vest with Amazon delivery on it. I almost shot an MF creeping up to my crib last night. Just saying. (laughs) Now... I was delighted to find out that Amazon responded. In response to Ice-T's tweet, Amazon's Vice President of Worldwide Operations, Dave Clark, wrote back. His tweet said, Just saying, thanks for the suggestion. We MFing love you and our drivers. (laughs) That was the response from the Vice President of Worldwide Operations at Amazon. I feel like if you're that high up at that company, you can say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> well, I think that tweet proves it. Yes. Adam, it's time to consider our next round of candidates for our three-room apartment. This is tough. It's always tough. Once again, we explained in our last episode that we're using a slightly new procedure and that we're doing a, an introductory poll where we give... Listeners and members of the GBI, the opportunity to vote for one candidate that gets in no matter what you and I discuss. Yeah. Our first candidate was nominated by me, actually. Oh. Peter Mayhew, who became known to fans worldwide as the lovable Wookiee Chewbacca in the Star Wars galaxy of films, died Tuesday in his North Texas home with his family by his side. Mayhew had undergone spinal surgery in July in an effort to improve his mobility. He was 74. Mayhew had done some minor acting and was working as a hospital orderly when he tried out for the part of Chewbacca. I love stories like this. 
Same. He got the role based on his physique. He was very tall. As writer-director, George Lucas was in desperate need of someone who, who would be able to play taller than Darth Vader. In his prime, Mayhew, Mayhew stood seven foot three. After wrapping the first Star Wars, he went back to work as an orderly and did not leave the job for good until the release of Return of the Jedi. After which, he made a living off of Chewbacca, becoming a favorite on the fan convention circuit. While Mayhew did not provide the voice of the 200-year-old Wookiee, many credit his body language and expressiveness of the eyes the actor uh, brought to the role, making Chewbacca a beloved character. So, Adam, Peter Mayhew was an absolute landslide winner in today's intern choice poll, so he is automatically admitted and will join Hal Blaine and Dick Dale to complete our eighth apartment. Dude, what an apartment. (laughs) How about that? But ha- having said that, do you have any? Do you have a dissenting opinion on Peter Mayhew? Of course not. I mean, okay. Peter Mayhew. Well, I will tell you that John McKay, who you have met and yeah. been on the show with, had a very strong reaction to the idea of Peter Mayhew getting into an apartment. Why? I don't know. He just he just thinks it just because Chewbacca was the only thing that he did, and that's not enough. Come on, one of the biggest franchises of all time. Well, regardless of what uh, John thinks, he was the in- the winner of the intern's choice poll, so he will fill out our eighth apartment. Nice. That's a good apartment. Yeah, it is. All right, let's see if we can kick off our ninth apartment. This nomination comes from Dave Champa, and Dave beat me by one hour because I suggested this person as well. John Singleton, a versatile director a versatile director who made a splash with Boys in the Hood and went on to a variety of projects, including Too Fast, Too Furious, has died after suffering a stroke. He was 51. That is only six years older than me. The director, who had been in a coma since suffering a stroke on April 17th, died a couple of weeks later. In 1992, at the age of 24, Singleton became the youngest person to ever receive an Oscar nomination for Best Director for Boys in the Hood, a film on his experience growing up in South Central Los Angeles. He also was the first African-American to be nominated in that category. He wrote the screenplay for Boys in the Hood while attending the cinema school at USC, winning various awards while a student that led to his signing with Creative Arts uh, Creative Artists Agency, the Powerful Talent Agency. Singleton works steadily in a variety of genres, directing dramas like Rosewood and Baby Boy, a remake of Shaft starring Samuel L. Jackson, and the action vehicle Too Fast, Too Furious, the first sequel in the Fast and the Furious franchise in 2003. Okay, Adam. I know John Singleton by name. Obviously, I'm familiar with Boys in the Hood. I didn't know he was involved in the Fast and the Furious franchise, and I couldn't name anything else that he did besides that. If I'm totally honest, I'm on the fence about this one. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he meets our criteria if we're being honest. It's a tough one, man. So, I personally, if I'm casting a vote, I'm not voting for John Singleton to get into an apartment. If you disagree, I'll go with you, but I don't think he gets in. No, I think he's amazing. I don't think he's in the apartment. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, John Singleton does not get in, and we have yet to kick off our ninth apartment. We have one more candidate, and it's brought to us by Brad Cranford. 
John Havlicek. Do you recognize that name? Oh, man, that it sounds very familiar. Hold on. Oh, let's see. Ah, the basketball player. The Boston Celtics announced Thursday night that John Havlicek, one of the greatest players in the history of one of the sport's most decorated franchises, died at 79. Havlicek had been suffering from Parkinson's disease. Russell, Bill Russell, took to Twitter late Thursday to salute Havlicek, calling him not just a teammate and a great guy, but he was family. Here's a little bit about John Havlicek. And I feel like, not to load this conversation, but when I get done, that you might have a similar reaction to him that you did to Ted Lindsay, if you remember. Okay. Havlicek played all of his 16 NBA seasons with the Celtics, winning eight championships, including one in each of the first four seasons of his career. Havlicek was one of 10 players in NBA history to make at least eight all-NBA teams and eight all-defensive teams. The other nine are Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, David Robinson, Kevin Garnett, Gary Payton, and Chris Paul. Havlicek remains Boston's franchise leader in games played, points, and field goals made, and is second in assists and is fifth in rebounds. He ranks fourth behind Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Kobe Bryant, and Tim Duncan in points scored by a player who spent his entire career with one NBA franchise. The Celtics called Havlicek the face of many of the franchise's signature moments. Only two players, Celtics teammate Bill Russell and Sam Jones, have won more championships in NBA history. His defining traits as a player were his relentless hustle and wholehearted commitment to team over self. He was extraordinarily thoughtful and generous, both on a personal level and for those in need. Adam, based on that information, does John Havlicek earn a spot in an apartment? I mean, by stats alone, he's damn near like basketball royalty. Eight championships? Yeah. I mean, you know, his career was in the 60s and 70s, you know, so it was early days of basketball. But I mean, man, if he has those kind of stats that are holding up today, everyone would have known him. He would have been a huge celebrity and kind of like, um, yeah, kind of like the same, the, the, the analogy you gave a little bit, a little bit ago. I mean, just so much winning and so much statistical prowess, you know? Well, and if you notice the list, the small list of players that he is on for some of those distinctions spans all generations. And that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, one of these lists includes Chris Paul, who's still an active player. (laughs) Right. Not to mention players like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, he's in the best of company. I didn't hear LeBron there. (laughs) No, you did not. Not in any of those lists. It wasn't a competition in quitting. So... (laughs) Um, no, J- John Havlicek would have failed miserably at quitting. <laughs> yeah, 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 he was not superlative. I, I think that in the basketball arena, um, he just died. And I feel like in his day, he would have been a huge celebrity because everybody would have known him in the sports world. Well, I think they did. I, I think, yeah. I think he That's was, what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, eight championships? Good Lord. Yeah, I think John Havlicek is an absolute, is the definition of a no-brainer admittance into an apartment. Yeah, he's in. Okay. 
Great. Well, then he will occupy the first room in our ninth apartment. Nice. Adam, why don't we finish up with some hotline messages? You know, there's just no better way to end it. I agree. Let's get to it. Good evening, gravity beards. Hey. This is Bane. And this is how I talk. I know that Batman has been holed up for a very long time in his recovery. So I've decided to have some fun with some friends that Dick Cheney and Emperor Palpatine recently recommended I connect with. (laughs) So we decided to take a mental health day and he skipped on his work one of these past Fridays. So me and Big Willie Bar, as his friends call him, went for barbecue. The funny thing is, I knew his mortal enemy was hungry too, so I sent him a bucket of KFC for breakfast. <laughs> I think we all know he enjoyed it. Who says a chaotic plan has to be difficult to execute? After this past Friday, you see, it's as easy to create chaos as it is to order from Grubhub. <laughs> Bane Dunskis. <laughs> I like how he's keeping company with President Hopeful John McCain and Senator Palpatine, or Emperor Palpatine. And uh, Senator Bill Barr, apparently. Right. I also like it that even though he's a supervillain, he embraces modern conveniences like Grubhub. Like Robohub, yeah. You know, I bet he uses Yelp, too. <laughs> oh, man. I wouldn't have expected me, for me to ever say this, but I really do love Bane. Yeah. That's a hilarious sentence that never thought we'd say. <laughs> All right. Here's our next message. God damn it, bro. <laughs> Look, on this, this is how I talk. Hey, buddy. <laughs> so Liz and I are hey. doing a 28-day super juice. It's going very great. Today is day 12. I'm traveling, which, you know, creates a challenge, but no problem. Turns out G Terminal, American Terminal in Miami International Airport, there are no juice options. Not one. Everything here is not juice worthy. So I come to the lounge, expecting to have some juice or something of that nature. And their orange juice is not fresh squeezed. Not fresh squeezed. Avocado toast is going, but I'm not having that this time. Have the moment juice. But there is no fresh squeezed orange juice. It's ridiculous. And I'm pissed. Don't squeeze. That's an excellent question, Adam. How do you carry on your juice diet, your juicing while you're traveling so much? Um, so, again, it's uh, I have one more out-of-town trip. And what I do is I um, find a Whole Foods near my hotel and I go get the juice that I need for the time that I'm there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But you've been able to pull this off. Yeah. So far, I've done it, man. Um, I had some uh, gigs here in town and I brought my juice. And when I traveled, I found I was right near a Whole Foods. And so I loaded up on juices for like three days. Wow. That's uh, that's quite a cross you're bearing, but you seem to be pulling it off. Yep, it's it is not something that I recommend for everyone, but a lot of people would benefit from it. A lot. Well, courage, my friend. Carry on. Damn right. All right, and now for our next message. 
Hello, Gravity Birds. This is Cookie Monster, oh, oh. and this is how I talk. I can go for a cookie right now. I am so disappointed. Mrs. Cookie Monster puts me on a diet, and I become the sexiest man on Sesame Street. <laughs> then today, a lazy Sunday, I am reading the Gravity Birds Facebook page, and I see that people are bringing up my past. <laughs> yes. Yes. My name is Sid. But I thought I had put the life behind me. It was a life. A sad life living on the wrong side of Sesame Street. Every day snorting pixie sticks just to get myself going in the morning. <laughs> Keeping a cake knife tucked in my boot. And everyone knew me as Sid Snickerdoodles. <laughs> when I came to collect what you owe, I always left smiling no matter if I had to collect the easy or the hard way. So I am sorry that I hid my past. But Sid, Sid Snickerdoodles ended that fateful day back in 1973. <laughs> and I promised that from here on out, she is for Cookie, and that's good enough for me. Nice. Today and forevermore, I shall be the Cookie Monster. Well, there you go. Mystery solved. Oh, nice. There's some mysteries, Adam, that you and I have a very difficult time solving. Right. The mystery of what Cookie Monster's real name is, that one came very easily. Yep. Stamp that bitch solved. Sid Snickerdoodle. Nope, Cookie Monster, man. That, that's a that's a fun fact I don't think many of us knew. Right. Just like that, uh, you know, Kermit the Frog used to be in violent commercials about coffee. <laughs> I was so happy when, when I discovered that. Dude, this is, I just couldn't stop shaking. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Adam, we have just one message remaining. Oh, and here it is. So, this is Luke, and this is how I talk, and this is my minor inconvenience story. Uh Uh-oh. So, I was heading from one coast of Florida to the other, and uh, was between South Bay and Clewiston, and... um, Oh, Clewiston. You know, I noticed a cruiser on my tail, and I'm thinking, first of all, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, but no, I maybe did 50 and a 45, but I don't have anywhere to worry about, so he's tailing me and he's following me and he's still there and he's still there so went, yeah i've been through this situation before i had plenty of friends who were driving while brown or driving while black and i understand this so i went put my turn signal on and he lights me up and i went and turned into this pull out area and make sure the front of the vehicle is blocked so that he knows i'm not trying to escape and i do the right thing i make i roll the windows down i turn the ignition off, put the keys on the dashboard, take my wallet out, put it on the dashboard, take my license out, put it on top of my wallet, then put my uh, hands on the window so he knows that uh, you know, I'm not threatening. He walks up and gets at, gets me out of the van. And By this time, a couple more cruisers had showed up and somebody at the back of the van, uh, his whole job is to make sure I don't do anything. Walk this way! Walk a few more steps this way. Okay, no problem. Do not put your hands in your pockets. Okay, okay, no problem. Uh, unbutton your sleeves. Oh, okay, here. There's nothing here. Pull up my shirt so he sees there's nothing tucked into my belt. And I said, officer, I got my boots on, but here. So I pulled the pants up a little bit so he can see there's no weapons or anything in my boots. Do you have anything in the van? No, no, just... Nothing in the van. Where are you coming from? 
did you have in the van? Is there anyone in the van right now? What are you doing? It's, um, yeah, a situation. So I, um, get screamed a bunch of things at, and can we look in the van? Okay, go ahead. Everything's unlocked. There's nothing in the van. You're not going to find contraband or uh, drugs, alcohol, or anything. You have any weapons in the van? No, no, nothing. Nothing in the van. Everything's good. And so they go and start searching the van, and maybe one or two cruisers will show up. But uh, this officer in front of me, his whole job right then was to make sure I didn't do a thing and he was trained on me, hand hovering above his hip, ready to make sure that if I did try anything, I would regret it. So they're going through and asking me about, where have I been? Who was in the van? Did you drop anybody off? Did you pick anybody up? What were you doing? Where were you going? I mean, just constantly, all this stuff. So, yeah, it was a tense situation. And then it got worse. What? Oh, no. So my tense situation, which was a minor inconvenience, got a little worse. No oh, shoot. Because they opened up the side door, and then I get from behind me, why do you have a mattress in your van? Okay, so, um, yeah, this is the giant white windowless sprinter van that I drive <laughs> uh, sometimes. and um, mm. Yep. Apparently, opening it up to find a mattress in the back is probably not the best situation. True. So they ask me about it. It's easily explained. You know, sometimes I have to go take a rest. I'm on the road or something. and Or maybe I'm going to pick something up and I'm a little early and I got 15, 20 minutes. Or I just want to go back and take a nap and listen to a podcast. But um, mm, good call. apparently finding this Grab mattress was not very good for me. So, uh, again, barrages of questions. Where have I been? Where am I going? What am I doing? What is, uh, Everything else and, and stuff. Again, I'm trained on this officer that's in front of me, and I'm not moving and not turning my head, nothing like that. Uh, but uh, they go and proceed to search the van. They make sure I don't do anything, and uh, they don't find anything in the van. The situation's mm. no books. easing up a little bit. <laughs> so I finally, after a while, got the courage to ask one of the officers. I said, yeah. so, yeah, I matched a description for somebody, didn't I? It's like, yeah. Uh, we got a call just a little bit ago about a white male with dark hair and a windowless van, white van, and he wouldn't go any further. So, uh, yes, yeah, so looking at news stories, apparently I must have fit the description of like a serial rapist or a sexual predator or a kidnapper or a murderer or something like that because um, it was a bit of a tense situation as I was detained there. But uh, apparently... Middle-aged white males in windowless white vans aren't the most innocent people. But, uh, so, I was detained by police. They eventually let me go, but he even said, Sir, I need your numbers just in case I need to get a hold of you. <laughs> no problem. Here you go. Here's my cell phone numbers. Wow. You just give me a call. I've got both of them in there. So, uh, I'm thinking that maybe I might go ahead and put some more windows in the van, and uh, I might grow my mustache back so I look a little less pervy and creepy. <laughs> oh, did I mention the best thing is finally after uh, relaxing a little bit, 
I look to my right to find out there's at least 10, 12 cruisers out there, highway patrol and state police Jeez. and local PD, all gathered together and all lining up on the road because, uh, you know, they found their guy, but uh, I guess they didn't. So, uh, anyhow, detained by police, minor inconvenience again. Adam, coming for you. You heard where I was. Dunskis. Huh. Wow, what a tale. Yeah, dude, that's intense. So he's like near Clewiston, which is by Lake Okeechobee. That place is a tiny, and when I visited it, it crap hole. So yeah, he's he's pretty close, dude. He's really close to me. Is he really? He, yeah, he's like, you know, four or five hours away. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe a couple more, but yeah, he's not too far. Interesting. Yeah, now hopefully yeah, I, he can he can get down here without you know too much more police entanglement. <laughs> yeah, but even if he doesn't have any more police entanglements, you just don't know what else he's going to encounter. He could end up in California by accident, right? With well-intentioned, well-intentioned Luke. Well, I think uh, his best intentions ended up. He wanted to end up hiking across Europe for a, for a few days. <laughs> yeah, and he was like a chef <laughs> working for a family. <laughs> and then he traveled back in a shipping container. Shipping container, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he finally got a car, like from like a scratch and dent place. <laughs> He's very resourceful. He's super MacGyver. Uh huh. Except one thing is that. Uh, in spite of all of his effort, efforts, he's never come anywhere near my house. He's tried so hard. I'm not even sure if he's been inside the state. No, I think you're right about that. And, and Texas is a big target. It is a big target. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're actually getting a lot closer to Texas these days than, than Luke is. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I fly into Dallas all the time. Right, 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 right. Wow. Okay, man, that was... Uh, Luke, sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, buddy. I'm glad it worked out in your favor. I feel like, though, that because of the way he handled that, though, really diffused a lot of, like, potential heartache for him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It could have been terrible. Because if he didn't have a bad day, I'm like, oh, what, officer? Like, get out of the vehicle. I mean, he could have really gotten this, some troubles going for himself, well, I, but he didn't. I think perhaps he was bearing the lead, but you identified it, which is, where's all the books? Yeah. I kind of expected him to say that they opened up the van and they found all these all these books and and the titles were very curious to them. Yeah, but no. The I don't know what he did what he did with the material, but he he's apparently ditched it for a, <laughs> for the for a mattress where <laughs> he naps, which I don't I don't blame him. I wish I wish I could yeah. take naps in the middle of the day. You know, I would say that our podcast and Facebook group is kind of like the living embodiment version of like a welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> everything's kind of just bizarro, you know. It's very, um, it's very Twin Peaks. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, man, I love Twin Peaks. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Adam, uh, that brings us to our conclusion of this week's staff meeting. I love our staff meetings, Chris. I do too. And uh, we, I think we talked about this before we went into our break, but we're going to shift into a bit of a summer schedule from now on. So we're, yeah, we're going to have less frequent meetings, and it'll be our intention to make them shorter, so they'll be shorter and less frequent. And then as fall approaches, we'll kind of reevaluate things and see if we'll go back to a regular routine. But perhaps we won't. Maybe maybe we'll 
I'm going to stick with what we what we do over the summer. But but who knows? But yeah, for the rest of the summer, we're going to have uh, less frequent meetings and a little bit shorter, so they're easier to digest. Yeah, everybody's got travels to do. So that's sure. right. All right. Well, let's finish up with some brief creds before we go. The content of these meetings is generated almost entirely by our talented team of interns. If you'd like to contribute to the show, we'd love to have you join the team. Just search Gravity Beard Interns on Facebook. It's where we have various serious conversations about the dumbest things ever. You're welcome to call us on the hotline, like so many others. That number is 321-465-2180. If you enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate it if you would tell other humans about it. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum-level content, go right now to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. And I will advise you that we've added a lot of great shows, and that full lineup is now on our updated website, so go check it out. Our theme song is Walking the Dog. This catchy tune is Above and Beyond. Both are by Silent Partner and can be found on the YouTube audio library. Promotional consideration this episode comes from Justine and Santiago and the talented team over at Weird With You. For my dear friend and co-host, Lord Saunders, I'm your other co-host, Toph. This meeting is adjourned. And peace.